This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play. The frustrating part is, like, I didn't feel like the Leafs beat us. I feel like we just beat ourselves. And that was painfully evident after the first period. You know, the second period was just not the way we want to play the game. And, you know, stuff caught up with us. And we turned the puck over like that, and we did that, you know, in the last, obviously, when they tied it. And you just can't keep doing that. And, and it, you know, for two years, we haven't been doing that, and, and we're making a habit of it in the start of the season. And it just, you know, for us, we felt like really gave a point away tonight. I mean, initially, you would you would sit there and say on the surface, John Cooper's absolutely right. You gave away two points. You're up with uh, one goal, 41 seconds left in the game against Toronto on the road. You feel like most times Tampa Bay is going to come away with two points, and we're going to talk about that for the next hour. It is Power Lunch. I am Greg Linelli. Dave Michigan is with me, and so is Steve Versnick, and we're here with you for one hour. Hit up on Twitter at Bolts Radio. Dave, I think... The older I get, and boy, am I getting old. When we, we know. start, <clears throat> I know, Mr. When we birthday start, Boy, a week ago. Yes, you know when we we, I look at sports differently now than I did probably ten, fifteen years ago, and I think that's normal. I think you look at everything in life differently when you get a little bit older, and you've got some experience under your belt when it comes to life events. Sports Are you is no, now a uh, crotchety old man. No, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. I, I may be. I may be down there. Hey, hey look, some, some people we'll would say. We'll reserve judgment until yes. we hear your comment here. Dave, give it another two weeks, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'll kind of go from there. But when I hear a um, – and this is for anybody. When I hear an opposing coach or player not give the other team credit and say, well, we lost the game. They didn't necessarily win it. I, I don't think that's the case. I, I, I kind of take umbrage with that a little bit, take that for what it is. I, I know – Victor Hedman turns the puck over late in the third period, but why did he turn it over? People aren't talking about it. Austin Matthews got stick on either hand or his stick that didn't allow Victor Hedman to get that puck all the way down. Now, nine times out of ten, seven times out of ten, does Victor Hedman make the right play? Yeah. But Austin Matthews had something to do with that. John Tavares had something to do with it. They both made really good plays, to keep that in, I'm not absolving Victor Hedman of what happened. I know that kind of is the the talk, at least on Twitter. Victor Hedman was asked about that play, Dave, in the postgame last night, and I'm sure he feels bad about the play for sure. You don't expect your elite defenseman to, to make that type of play, but the Maple Leafs did make a play, and I, I, I we're going to quibble with it, and we can yeah. – the way I looked at it – um. Jack Campbell was a big part of why that game was still 1-0. Played very well. And, yeah, the Lightning failed to earn another point. They got one. But I look at that and say, you know what, Toronto played pretty well, and they made a play late. Doesn't typically happen to the Lightning. But then again, a couple of players made a made a, a timely play for the Maple Leafs. And, you know, in some ways they probably deserved to win that game. But some would say uh, the Lightning deserved to win that game as well. So I have not gone back and looked closely at the Headman turnover to see where Matthews was. Watch I'll tell Matthews you what, Craig, stick. you think he affected the clearing attempt. I did. I did. Looking back, I could be wrong, but okay. looking back on it, I, I thought he did. I will defer to you on that then. So that makes it a little less egregious of a mistake, I guess. What I saw, though, was... Hedman has clean and clear possession of the puck. He's able to gain some separation. I, th I believe he took it behind the lightning net and then came around the other side. Yes. And he has several options at his disposal. And those options could include just icing the puck, which is not what you want to do, right? But that would have been preferable to what happened. So... While I am acknowledging that there may have been some help provided from Matthews, help from the Leafs' perspective as to why that puck didn't get out, that puck needs to get out. Whether you got a guy in your tail or whether you got a guy kind of slightly affecting what you're doing with it, if you sense the guy is on your tail, you're Victor Hedman. You can take another stride and skate and maybe gain separation. You can go off the boards. 
I mean, he had the whole ice in front of him. It's not like he was surrounded, right, and and had to try and just get the puck away from the players that were pressuring him. And I think that's the part of Cooper's comment that I would agree with, which is the Lightning gave the puck away. Now, I will acknowledge the fact that you watched the replay probably closer than I did. I mean, we got on the plane and we got to Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. In when the you get a chance, I, in I between our break, check yeah, it out. I haven't gone back and looked at it with, with my Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass to, to see, but even if Matthews had had a role in it, I still think when you're talking about Victor Hedman, at the point you are in the game, time score situation, you got to get that puck out somehow. And it wasn't a play in which he was under duress. I mean, if you want to say that Matthews had a role in the turnover, okay, but he was he was never under duress, right? And I think that's the frustrating part for me coming out of the game, which is the Lightning did give that away. <laughs> like, the Leafs are not in a position to score if Hedman does something else with the puck. Here is where I'm in agreement with you, though. What happened in the second period was very much the Leafs. I mean, it was the Lightning, too. But I thought after the first period, the Leafs elevated their game and the Lightning's level dropped significantly. John Cooper is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's looking at what his team is doing. And were there things the Lightning did that helped fuel this Toronto attack? Yes. But were there a lot of good things the Leafs did to help them continue to build momentum? Absolutely, yes. So, and I'm going to come back to these two questions again, or these two parts of the game. The turnover at the end that led to the tying goal and the Lightning's play kind of writ large in the second period. And I would say what happened in the second period was was both teams. What happened at the end of the game, when I say the end of the game, I mean regulation. Yeah. Yeah, Tavares makes a great play. I made him a star based on what happened on that play. That was a phenomenal play by Tavares, but Tavares only has the opportunity to make that play because of what happened with Hedman. And... I mean, what did you say, seven times out of ten? I would say 49 times out of 50, Victor Hedman's getting that puck out. Maybe he ices it. I mean, maybe maybe it's it's not like game over. I mean, there were still 40 yeah, yeah. seconds left. But if you get it out cleanly, now the Leafs have to bring it back in and figure out a way to set up. Like, their odds of tying the game goes down significantly. So... That's that's where I kind of agreeing with you, but also I'm I'm acknowledging what Coop is saying. But Coop is referring to the second period too. So here's the other thing I'm going to say about this, and and I'm going to pose it to you and pose it to the fans. Emotionally, what happened at the end of the third period with the turnover and the goal against is is probably a more lasting takeaway. Objectively, though, to me, the more troubling part of last night's game, if you take the emotion out of it, was their play in the second period. Sure. And I think I think that what we try and do on our show anyway, both of us, is look at a game, the Lightning's performance, the other team's performance, with as as clear a perspective as we can and try and analyze it and talk about like where does this fit in in the big picture right so the big picture is the lightning are trying to get their game together and they have improved from the start of the year there's no question but the second period they're playing the second period is more of a systemic problem that you don't want to see continue an isolated turnover, as significant as that turnover was by one of your best players who's unlikely to make that mistake again in that situation, as emotionally lasting as that feels today, that is probably less important in like the big picture, the 30,000-foot view, as you had mentioned at the beginning of, of yesterday's show, I think it was, or maybe the, the day before these yeah. days are all running together. They are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I to am. me, I and I guess I'm asking you the question, like, 
What is the more troubling takeaway? Because John Cooper sounded troubled in that clip Steve played. So what's the more troubling takeaway? The fact that the Lightning had a very costly turnover at the end of regulation, that it didn't cost them two points, it cost them one point, but it did give a division rival two points. So that is a swing for sure. Or the fact that they bumbled their way through the second period with terrible puck management and really had to lean on Vasilevsky a lot to get out of that period with the lead. I mean, they could have easily been down after two periods if not for if not for Vasilevsky. You're you're asking me the question? And I'll, I'm asking I'll you the question. Yeah. What's, what so is what's the troubling more, for me? Yeah, what is the more okay. troubling part of last night's game? I will tell I you the troubling. I have told you over and over again, I think it's impossible to play a 60-minute game flawlessly. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a good team, even though they are flawed. Dave, I've and they seen, didn't play. They didn't play a perfect. Game no, but Dave, I've, I've, yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen over the last two years when the Lightning have won back-to-back cups where they have a really bad period? That's not unusual. What's I, I? You're asking me the question, Victor Hedman with the puck on his stick to make a play. Look, we just got done talking about the way Tampa Bay's roster is constructed and how you have elite players at just about every position, multiple elite players, particularly on the back end. If you're telling me the Lightning are up one nothing on the road against a division rival with their best defenseman having an opportunity to clear the puck and possibly preserve the win, even though the Lightning haven't played as well as they would have liked up to that point, I would have said, heck yeah, I take my chances with the Tampa Bay Lightning and Victor Hedman because sure. that's what he gets paid to do. The other team is going, I, I, Dave, I, we can run back the tape. And I know you know this. I'm just making the point. I think it was a couple of days ago where I said even like a team that like the Pittsburgh Penguins who are depleted or the Arizona Arizona Coyotes who aren't very good, even those teams are going to have a moment in a game. For Arizona, it could have been the first five minutes. For Pittsburgh, it could have been a period where even an inferior team going against the Tampa Bay Lightning at some point in a game is going to tilt the ice in favor of them. It just happens. That's the way it goes. It probably speaks to how hard it is to play a solid 60-minute game than it is to anything else. But I wasn't shocked on home ice after an impressive win against Vegas a couple of nights before that the Toronto Maple Leafs were going to have a couple of moments in that game where they made Tampa Bay look uncomfortable. More times than not, the Lightning come away unscathed, and we usually say, Boy, Vasilevsky really bailed them out. And that happened. <laughs> and that's yeah, happened. That happened last and night. that happened. So I'm I'm not disturbed. Maybe that's not the word everybody wants. I'm not troubled by what happened in the second period. Are there some things that the Lightning can clean up? Of course. But it's not like we haven't seen that type of period before from the Lightning over the last six years. What I'm telling you is when push comes to shove. The Lightning were still up one nothing with 41 seconds left with their best defenseman having an opportunity to clear the puck and preserve the win, and he didn't do it. I'm more troubled by the fact that the elite player didn't make a play than I am that the team had some breakdowns in the second period that allowed maybe Toronto to push and tilt the ice in their favor. But I'm not troubled by what happened with Victor Hedman. I'm really not troubled by the game last night. Yeah, and I, maybe and that's I, I the think, wrong word. But yeah, the, I don't want to put Coop's words in your mouth. Clip, yeah, but but I use that word. But Coop's yeah. clip at the start of the show today, like he sounded troubled. I mean, he was talking about, and again, I, I'm not sure if this was actually in the clip because I read yeah. I read his comments as well. He said, you know, the opening night game, fine, but now we're 10 games in. We shouldn't be having these dips or or gift wrapping situations for the other team he didn't say that but i mean basically when he says we beat yeah, ourselves yeah, i get what you're saying i get what you're saying he is he is looking at the things his team is not doing to their standard and he feels by the 10th game he shouldn't be seeing that anymore i mean and, that's and that's why i included these yeah. two th- these i mean one was a play the other was a long stretch in the second period and if we were to i think coop is including both and we disagree here, and that's fine. To me, I would like to see the Lightning handle an opposition surge better moving forward than they did last night, where they helped the Leafs continue to build momentum, adding to the good things that Toronto was doing, 
they aided the Leafs with some poor puck play and bad decisions. And it's it's not so much the fact that they gave up chances. I think those chances they gave up were born from a function of they couldn't get guys off the ice in the second period. They, they had their guys stuck out there because they weren't executing with the puck when they had a chance to get it down the ice. That, to me, is something that is more imperative to clean up. Understanding, like you said, the other team is going to make a push, but are you going to aid that push? How quickly can you end that push? Are you able to minimize the the amount of momentum the other team is able to generate during their push? Those are important questions to be answered as the Lightning try and kind of get their game in shape as opposed to an isolated play by, yes, one of your best players who I feel is 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 extremely unlikely that we're going to be seeing him make a play like that again. I guess that's well, I, that's where I come down on it. But you you have a different take on it. And that's totally yeah. Fine. No, it, I, you know, I, like I said before, the the second period was kind of like an avalanche. I mean, you mentioned the lighting couldn't get off the ice. They had some long um, shifts on the ice. I, I you know, we asked this, ourselves the question: Why is that? They had bad puck management. Well, why did they have puck management? Did Toronto have something to do with it? Maybe yes. there were some unforced errors. Maybe there yeah, were. I'd little, have to go back. I think it was it was all of the above. But, I'd have but. to go back and really dissect it. And look, here's the other thing too: What else is John Cooper going to say? He's trying to keep these guys as fresh as possible and play with an edge, understanding they're going for a three-peat, that the regular season, even this early in the season, can probably feel a little monotonous. I'm not making excuses. I'm, I'm trying to get in their shoes and look at the reality of what they're trying to do. And while I agree with Coop that it might be a little bit disturbing, I, I'm not panicking. I, I'm certainly not. I don't think you are either. But I think we have to ask ourselves the question, did Toronto have a big say in how the game played out last night? Certainly the Lightning did. We can talk about unforced errors, and we can look at specific plays yeah. that were unforced errors. And I think Toronto did. I mean, and I guess I, we, we are not in agreement with Cooper's comment, but Coop's comment might also be, like, he's a smart dude, right? Like, what he's saying to the media, he may have – he may be saying it for a reason and and trying to get a message to his team in, in that regard. Of course, he's a very good communicator, so he can give his team a message. But, you know, he, he can also say things to the media in a way that that is trying to convey where he's at and, and what he is trying to, to accomplish in terms of getting his team to where he wants them to be. But here here's the other thing, too, and if people want to weigh in, they can, at Bolts Radio. Was this a product of... Toronto may be winning the game, or do you feel like the Lightning lost the game? And we can we can break that down. That's more for the audience, yeah. but certainly that's something you and I are going to discuss. Even in the first period, Dave, when the Lightning felt like they yeah. had a really good first period, Belmar hits the post early on. Maroon, we know about the two-on-one. By the way, hell of a pass by Corey Perry, because that wasn't your conventional two-on-one. No, it wasn't. It well, really... They, I mean, they that were at the had, end of a shift. <laughs> well, they were, but like the pass, you, you could almost see like the pass, Maroon was behind the player who was next to him. And the player that was right next to Maroon just missed the puck. It was a yeah. great pass by Perry, and unconventional in that it way, and a great Muzzin. shot. Yeah, so Muzzin had had pinched. If you recall, it was after an icing. The Leafs won the draw, and Muzzin stepped to the circle and tried to center, and Chernak got a stick down, which is how he got the assist. Now Muzzin's caught. Muzzin actually did really well <laughs> to get back. To Basically, he would have disrupted that play. Yeah. But Perry's pass was like it was it was pretty far in front of maroon so muzzin i mean you said he missed it i don't think he had a, a play on that puck what really made the play was maroon's reach yeah like it wasn't right on maroon's tape but that was i think by intent because if it had been toward right. his tape muzzin would have disrupted it yeah so it was far in front enough it was in front of maroon far enough in front then Muzzin couldn't get a stick on it. Maroon had to reach for it, but Maroon's got long reach. He did he did a good job of reeling that puck in and firing it quickly. I was surprised he was able to get that puck through. I that that's yeah. all. I and mean, I I thought it was a great shot. And Campbell, I thought was excellent. I don't know if he's the long term answer. As, as I think we talked about it yesterday, and I was with Luke Fox in the pregame. You might have heard I that heard, conversation. Yeah, I was and he basically said he better be. 
because I mean they yeah. don't have much after him. But yeah. Campbell, he said they're they're trying to re-sign him. I don't see any way they unless they drop one of their huge salaries. How are they going to get this guy re-signed? Yeah, I don't. Morgan I, Riley's getting a two and a half you know million what? dollar raise next Th- year. This is down the road, and this isn't Toronto Maple Leafs radio network. I think they're going to have to trade one of the big four. And Nylander's name has been thrown around. He scores the game winner yesterday. But ask yourself the question, what does Toronto need more long-term to be successful and win a cup? William Nylander or probably a solid number one goaltender? Fair enough. Um, And that might be something that they have to look at. But that being said, Jack Campbell I thought was very good. And what I was getting at, even though the Lightning played a, a very solid first period, it wasn't like they had some mistakes. I mean, Toronto had some glorious scoring chances, Dave. Simmons early on was uh, in the right slot. Might have been the really first decent shot of the game. Bunting, who I thought was actually pretty good in that yeah, game. I was he impressed. was everywhere. He, he had was their robbed. best chance. Yeah, he was robbed in, in front. And while I don't know how how great their chances were, look, Dave, anytime you go on a five on three, you're, the energy you're expending is great. And they had a full two-minute five on three. And so I came off, and, and Gabby Shirley was on with me during the intermission. I said to her, and I think I actually said it too at the end of the at, at the end of two, uh, especially at the end of one. I said, if you're the lightning right now in this situation, and you're up one nothing, with some of those things that have happened, full two minute five on three, you had to kill. Kudos to them for killing it off, but that's that's playing with fire. Uh, the second period, the the Maple Leafs were really pushing. I simply said, I think if you're the Maple Leafs, you're probably deflated a little bit because they probably wanted more. Now. That's because Vasilevsky, I thought, was outstanding. But let's let's take a step back. After 40 minutes, with everything that was involved, I felt like in some ways the Lightning were fortunate to be up one nothing, and that the Maple Leafs, maybe in another scenario, would have folded. Because that you're going against the Lightning. How many chances are you going to get like that through two periods? And you come up zero. You come up zero. But their goaltender, I thought, kept them in the game and allowed them, albeit late in the third, to get that tying goal, and then look in the overtime, Dave. Uh, again, four on three. Uh, that's I, tough. I think that's one of those situations where it has yeah. a great shot by Nylander. You know, and the Lightning, like sometimes the Lightning on a penalty kill, you say, boy, they had a chance to clear and they couldn't clear, and and that hurts. Like that's a little bit of the the unforced <laughs> or a little bit forced mistake. Vasilevsky made a save. I mean, he made. They had four shots on the power play, five in all in overtime, and the, the last one went in. So he made three saves during the penalty kill. And the last save he made, there was a rebound in front, and the Lightning just couldn't reel it in. Like, it was there, and they were trying, and, and the puck just stayed away from their sticks, and the Leafs retained possession. And then right before the goal, there was another shot, according to the play-by-play, that didn't reach Vasilevsky, but it was blocked down low, and same situation where they they just the puck was there and they couldn't settle it down they couldn't reel it in Vasilevsky couldn't get it either I mean if he covers it it's a whistle and so a couple of times the Leafs were able to to kind of retain possession and work it around and eventually they scored I will say this I think Hedman first of all props to Hedman for doing the post game I mean, he was one of the guys. Not everybody does post game. It's not like the room is open and you can just go and talk to whoever you want to. I mean, he was asked for probably based on what happened at the end of the game, and he faced the music. And I know, I know, it's we, not uncommon, but sh- shouldn't he though? I agree. I mean, he should. I mean, he should. You're one of the best players in the league. You make over X amount of dollars, and you have nothing right. to hide, nothing to be ashamed about. Right, but. You could also see a player where, you know, PR goes to a player and says, you know, media is asking sure. for you. And I sure. mean, if you say no, then no one's going to know that, you know, the player wasn't available or he's getting treatment. Understood. Or, Understood. Yeah. I mean, he could have he could have begged off and he didn't. So I agree with you. Kudos he should. Him. But yeah, he did. Right, right, yeah. Right. Right. But uh, aside from from his answer about the play at the end of the third period, what he said was, and again, I don't have the quote in front of me, but basically we had a really good first period. We had a terrible second period, and we were better in the third. And I agree. I mean, we talked about that before we signed off on the broadcast last night. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying, that the Leafs had their looks in the first period, but the Lightning, I thought, by a pretty wide margin, tilted the ice. And again, here is where the stats sometimes don't tell the full story because shots were 9-9. Are you going to go to the stats? No, no, I'm not. But... You know, this is something Kaylee and I talked about a lot when 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 she did games with me, and we talk about what we just saw in a period. 
and I'd say, look at the stats, and either the stats back up what you saw, like trust what you saw, and then the look eye te- at the, stats. the eye test, right? The yeah. eye test, the old and eye do the test. stats if, if do the stats jive with what you saw, and if they do, then you can explain why. If they don't, there has to be a reason why, right? And so in this instance, the reason why the stats don't jive with what happened on the ice, shots were 9-9, although I think the Lightning had an advantage in attempts, yeah, which sometimes can tell you more about possession. Attempts were 19-14, Lightning in the first. And this is kind of what I'm getting at. At the halfway point of the first period, the Lightning had had eight shot attempts missed the net. So one of those was Belmar off the post. Another was Sorelli right at the beginning of the game. He's in alone. He puts it over the net. The other one that comes to mind, Palat. So Palat has kind of an odd man rush, and one of their young defensemen, Liljegren, blocks the pass, but it came right back to Palat. He has an open net, and he puts it off the side of the cage. The Lightning were way, way more dangerous than Toronto in the first period, but some of their most dangerous looks didn't end up going on the net, which you might say they need to put those shots on the net. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it doesn't take away from the fact that, like, Belmar hit the crossbar and the post. That goes down as a missed shot because it wasn't on net. It was off the post. Sorelli's trying to go up on Campbell. You mentioned how great Campbell was in the third period. Every save was low. So Sorelli's trying to elevate on this guy, and he put it over the crossbar. But it doesn't take away from the fact that the Lightning were putting themselves in a position to get those looks. And then in the second half of the first period, they were more efficient at getting their shots on net. So I thought the Lightning did a really good job in all three of their zones, all three zones, to kind of control play bunting got loose in the slot but that was like a weird carom I, I i never saw a conclusive replay on it but it wasn't like the puck got centered to him on a clean play like the puck was bouncing around behind the net and like pinballed in front and that was vasilevsky's toughest save in the first period and it was an isolated chance because i understand the leafs had a two minute five on three they did nothing on that five on three Oh, they killed the agreed. penalty for the Lightning yeah, by passing it around the perimeter. They looked like a unit that that was unsure of what they wanted to do. Now, the two goals they scored came with an extra player on the ice, so it's hard to make the argument that they didn't do well with an extra player on the ice later in the game. But on the five-on-three, the Lightning got in the shooting lane, so the Leafs didn't have like a clean look, so they kept passing it, passing it, passing it. They fumbled pucks. Lightning got a couple of clears out of it. There was one shot in the two minutes, and I'm not sure, like, the bunting chance was way more dangerous than the one shot that Vasilevsky saw in the five-on-three. So if you're the Lightning and you, you come out of this game and you have the sour taste in your mouth and you have what happened at the end of the third period and you have what happened in the second period and you end up not getting a second point, Let's keep in mind, there were a lot of good things that happened in the game last night. And the Lightning could have been up more than by a goal after the first period. Understanding that the Leafs are probably saying, how do we not score on that five on three? How do we not even generate more pressure on the five on three? But that was an excellent first period for the Lightning. The second period was not excellent, as Victor Edmund said. It was quite the opposite of excellent. And we kind of went into the reasons why. They did not manage the puck well. They didn't handle the fact that Toronto raised its level. The Lightning were missing on chances to get the puck out the first time. And and we have talked about this. It's like a snowball that's accelerating downhill and getting bigger. When you fail on the first try to get the puck out, it's almost like the other team gets supercharged. And now your players start to get tired. And the odds of getting it out cleanly seem to go down. And now you're just scrambling to try and get the puck in deep so you can get tired players off the ice. And that just kept happening again and again and again and again. Was Vasilevsky good in that second period? I mean, Wayne Simmons had the breakaway at the end of the period. He had a two-on-one chance where he was wide open in front. Bunting had a chance. Sandine had a chance. Trying to remember all the chances they had. And they were super dangerous. There was one play where 
Tavares enters the zone. I think he's trying to pass it to a teammate in front, but the pass was was off target. It, it ended up being a shot. Like Vasilevsky had to be aware and stick down his left pad to kick that one out. I mean, I just felt that everything the Leafs did in that second period was like high alert danger. It, it felt like from, from the booth. I mean, Wayne Simmons was ever, and then kind of, all between, kind of mixed in with that, you had the great chance, Matthew Joseph had, and you and I talked yes. about this before. What a, a play by Brady really... Point. Like, that would have been a devastating yeah. goal for the Leafs to allow because the Lightning had, again, guys stuck out there in the D zone. Kalorn ices the puck, and Braden Point outraces the defenseman. I can't remember. It might have been Muzzin again by again because we referenced him on, on the Maroon goal. Mm-hmm. Not to pick on him, but I no, mean, Point found that gear at the end of a tough shift to not only win the race to negate the icing, he then won the puck from two Toronto players behind the net, and Joseph is fresh. He's coming off the bench, and Campbell made a great save on Joseph, who was snake bitten last night because he had a couple of glorious looks. That was a huge play. That's huge why play. Listen to, that... to keep it one nothing. You're right, but but let me just finish this thought about yeah, third period then. You know, the Lightning had a good third period. It, like Hedman said, it was better. Did they dominate like they did in the first in terms of possession? No. But they had an advantage in chances, for sure. I mean, did the Leafs really have a terrific look until the Tavares goal? Who was their I defenseman? I mean, Sandin, yeah, Sandin, Sandin had the one look from the circle. That was a really Massey good shot. A good, yeah, it was a good shot. It wasn't like in a prime area. And I'm going to get to that. I like Sandine and Lilligren. I know they're kind of working their way into the lineup. Yeah, I was impressed good. with both of them yeah. last night. But, you know, the Lightning were the ones with the dangerous chances in the third. Point, breakaway. Joseph, rebound. I still don't know how that puck didn't go in. On the play-by-play, it says that Campbell stopped it. But the play-by-play has that shot yeah. happening like 14 seconds after Point's attempt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how they got 14 seconds elapsing. From Point's breakaway attempt to Joseph's rebound, it was like half a second, right? Stamkos had an in-alone chance. I want to say, was it Sorelli had an opportunity late in the game when it was still one nothing, where there was a puck in front. He, Campbell made a save, and, and Sorelli had it right mm-hmm. there, and he couldn't get his stick on the puck for a rebound chance. So the Lightning managed the third period pretty well. Like if, again, woulda, coulda, shoulda, Greg. But if Hedman makes well, that play and yeah, the Lightning sure. get out of trouble and they win the game one nothing, I think what we're talking about today is the Lightning really recovered well in the third period probably. after a rough second. Because they did. And you know, and, we probably and they say... did a lot of good things in that third period. So look, you know, you can look at their first, you can look at how they played for much of the third. And as Steve pointed out before he we went on the air, they did get a point, so they hit their playoff pace metric, twelve points in ten games. They're three oh and one in their last four. And, and now you move on. But I think that we spent the first 15, 20 minutes, probably rightfully so, on the show talking about the glass half-empty parts of last night's game. But we should also mention that, you know, there was a half-filled glass last night. Yeah, I mean, no, there were some I, things they I, did well last night. I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying Steve is or, or our Lightning fans. Maybe they are. I'm, I'm really not worried about the game last night. I, I think what was, for me, is a little shocking the two of your best players, Braden Point and Victor Hedman, had opportunities in that game in the third period to seal the deal. Point with his breakaway, and yeah. then there was Joseph with the, the rebound attempt, and Hedman with a puck on a stick 41 seconds in. Sometimes that's just how the game goes. It, it's going to come down to a couple of plays. More times than not, over the last two years, aided by Andre Vasilevsky and how good he's been, the Tampa Bay Lightning have found a way to win a game like the one last night. When they don't it's a little shocking, and you have a tendency to nitpick where did it go wrong. Your star players, unfortunately, when called upon, just didn't make that play they typically do. And the Maple Leafs did. I give them credit. We all can agree to disagree on mm-hmm. on how we got there. But the Lightning, to your point, and we can come back to this, did get a point, and that was very encouraging. Now, Mikhail Sergachev, Dave, yes. is going to have a hearing for his hit last night on Mitch Marner. Now... I will say when that play happened, they gave the penalty to Victor Hedman. And 
that was that was that was the five on three. That was the end of the first period. You had yeah, to really both look. Penalties, both penalties came on the same play. Correct. And you really had to kind of look. But when I saw the replay initially, uh, and I actually tried to text you that information because I didn't see it when the play happened. Nor did I because the puck had been dislodged yes, at that point. I'm correct. following the puck. I don't think many people did. The replay shows Sergachev did hit Marner late, and he did hit him in the head. Now, there we can we can discuss was it more shoulder to shoulder, and then it kind of elevated and hit his head. I'm sure that's what the NHL player safety is going to look at for sure. But he is going to have a hearing today for that hit, and we'll see if there's anything, Dave, that comes from it. Yeah, so the fact that he's having a hearing is from the from the standpoint of will Sergachev get a suspension? If he were not getting a suspension, for sure, we would have heard no supplemental discipline. Correct. Which remember we had that stamp goes hit in the Buffalo game. Yes. Remember that game? Or remember that play? I think the Sabres fans were upset that Stamp Ghost didn't get supplemental discipline for for a check he delivered and that wasn't even to the to the point that the dops was going to have a hearing sergachev is having a hearing so again full disclosure we are recording this in the morning so it's possible by the time this airs we will get some information about it that's because the lightning are practicing at the time that the show would basically be on or they're going to the rest they're going to the ring. So I needed to pre-record this morning, basically, so I can go to practice. But th- it's possible the news will break or will have broken already by the yeah. time this show airs. But I think the fact that he's having a hearing means there is an increased likelihood that we may be looking at a suspension. And we'll see how it how it develops maybe not and, i mean sometimes yeah. they come out of this and they say you know a fine or something like that but that news broke earlier today so um, i think sergachev was trying to ensure that marner didn't didn't break loose from headman who was really slowing him up because i mean he got the stick into him to make sure that he wasn't gonna break loose and sergachev wanted to make sure that marner was not going to get to the net but the problem was not only the fact that he hit him in the head or had contact with the head. But the puck had already been dislodged. Correct. So there was no play happening in terms of a shot or a scoring chance when the hit occurred. Yep. And I thought they got the right call, too, on Hedman. In the oh, overtime. yeah. In the overtime. Oh, the you overtime. Um, yeah. I mean, it was the right call. I mean... We can quibble with it. I think that I think yeah, that was the he, right call. He's, when I say he swung his stick, I'm not talking about yeah. like swinging his stick in someone's <laughs> right, head like a right, baseball right. bat. Right, right. But he did take one hand off his stick and kind of propelled it, and and the contact was made with with Tavares's midsection. Oftentimes, a slash or a hook in this instance goes on the hand or the stick because it really prevents the player from getting off a chance, but. It's kind of hard to quibble with the fact that they did make the call, even though the contact wasn't on the hands or on the stick, because it was a it was a scoring chance. Yes, and the and guy was why. basically in alone. Yep. I know some goes. Lightning fans were not happy with the bunting Colton coincidental minors late in the third, where I mean Colton did hold on to Bunting's stick. But Bunting also punched him in the back of the head. Yeah, I don't. So, I, I agree with. I actually agree with Lighting fan. That was a dangerous play. Yeah, that was intent to. Injure. So how would you have called that? Two for Colton and four for Bunting. Give Give Bunting an extra two, whatever you want to call. Yeah. It. I mean, that was Dave. You can't hit a guy, especially when he's not looking in the back of the head like that. I mean, honestly, if we're if we're gonna make a big deal about cross checking this year and how that can be used as a way to hurt somebody, which essentially it is, you're using your stick, and the officials want to really crack down on that infraction. What the heck's the difference if somebody's on the ice and you go punch them in the back of the head? I mean, folks, let's think about this. Yeah. Think about it. That's a penalty. The other thing too, a- like Colton did hold on to his stick. He did kind of the chicken wing, but. A lot of times that is not called if the puck isn't there. Like if you're preventing a player from from playing the puck because you're holding his stick, 
That's usually when you see that holding the stick penalty called. Now, did he hold his stick? He did. Like, he <laughs> he had it. Uh, he had it kind of wedged against his body and, and wasn't, wasn't letting Bunting get the stick free. And then Bunting got frustrated and punched him in the back of the head. I guess you can make the argument, though, that those are two guys jostling in front of the net. And a lot of times they let that go. And they probably would have let it go had Bunting not thrown the punch. But once he did and they felt, okay, we have to call a penalty here, let's make it a four-on-four and, and, and send Colton off too. You know, hockey, I think, honestly, and, and I'm pretty critical of it, and I think rightfully so in many ways, the way it's officiated, maybe the way it's it's played still today with some of the things they're trying to implement with player safety. I feel like it's the one sport where – depending on the circumstance, the situation, and if a player is injured or not, the infraction differs based off of that. You know, if the puck's out of the zone, well, it, that play really didn't matter, so we're not going to call a penalty. Or, mm-hmm. you know, a guy hit him in the head, and it was a big check. Let's wait to see if he's injured. And then maybe we'll assess the penalty and, and give it a little more uh, a little more juice when it comes to the infraction. Uh, just... Just be consistent, you know, the, and that's I think where we get. And I'm going down uh, rabbit hole here. That's where the issues become in the playoffs, when it's so drastically different than in the regular season because you are officiating based off emotion, and where the um, the importance of the game you let dictate what should and shouldn't be called. If we're going to be consistent with cross checks, let's call it from game one all the way to the Stanley Cup final. A hit to the back of the head is a penalty, regardless if it had no impact on the specific play or not. Be consistent. You'd be amazed, Dave. We always preach consistency to our kids and in our work. Be consistently good. And I think that would go a long way when it comes to the NHL. Just be consistent. If you did that, I think your game would clean up a heck of a lot when it comes to a lot of those infractions. All right, I want to get some questions when we return at Bolts Radio. He is Dave Michigan. I am Greg Linnelli. What did you make of the game last night? And we'll look ahead to this weekend as well. Afternoon game, Saturday in Ottawa. We'll talk about that when we return on Lightning Radio. The 21st Annual Bolt Run, presented by Advent Health, is Saturday, November 13th at Amelie Arena. The Bolt Run has something for everyone in the family, with a 5K, 5-mile, and 1-mile family fun race. All registrants will receive a finisher's race medal, an official Bolt Run t-shirt, and a ticket to a select upcoming lightning game. Virtual race options are also available that include lightning-inspired race routes and playlists. Visit tampabaylightning.com slash bolt run to sign up today. Hey, it's Seth Kushner from The Block Party, and we have a doozy for you this week. Last week, Belmar, everybody loved him. This week, the first ever appearance on The Block Party, the big cat, Vazzy. Sometimes I forget he has a first name. Unbelievable to sit down and talk with him about number one BS, putting his cat in the cup, and how he picked Gravy Train as the win song when they won the Stanley Cup. It's Andre Vasilevsky on The Block Party with Seth Kushner, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. I just think we played a really, really good first period, and then we sat back, turnovers, line changes in the second kind of cost us. They had the momentum. And then the third, I thought we did a good job of kind of shutting down, but we, we still kind of like laid back a little bit. We weren't getting a four check. We weren't pressuring them. And then just careless plays that usually that we don't make that ended up costing us tonight and yeah isn't that what we just said so look (laughs) we're we're all in sync about how that we are look i I have to say and not that we're going to get an emmy for it dave or whatever award it's going to be (laughs) maybe we will who knows and we want to congratulate part of the um what is it lightning vision steve is it uh, who who from our family here is up for some awards. Yes. Right? Yeah, our production. crew of uh, major Gabe, props. Yes, Gabe Marte, Mikey O'Halloran, John Franzone, awesome. Tyler Flood, Brian Fink, the whole crew there. Greg uh, Linelli for his yes. voiceover work that they used. Yeah, it's Listen, nom- I, I'm just doing my part. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. the recharge, if you haven't seen that, you can watch it on Bally's. They rerun a, yeah. um, quite often, Bally Sports Sun, and then also on TampaBayLightning.com. But uh, recharge from the last two seasons of playoffs, but this was from the 2021 uh, the episodes end them and winning the cup uh, been nominated for sports Emmys, uh, regional. You sports said Emmys. the 2021. You mean 
the 20, winning the cup the in 2020. The first cup. The first, yes. The twenty twenty. One of them yes. is from the 2020 final, and the yes. other one, the end them, is from the 2021 playoffs. No, I think that I think both episodes. Right? I think both, both of them were from, were from think, 2020. Yeah, there were okay. different episodes, so they did an episode for each round of the playoffs. Yeah, I thought end them was was from last year's playoff. By last year, be. I mean tw- the 2021. Yeah. See, but... these these numbers are all getting me confused. Yeah, we, we have to go first cup or second cup. Right. <laughs> 2021, 2020. Either way, either way, the whole special Look, for both what, years is fantastic, and you should watch but, it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, that's great. So thing. those two episodes were nominated, but frankly, they're all great. I mean, they do mm-hmm. such a good job they do. putting that they really stuff do. together. Yeah. And there's a new episode coming out today, actually, for this season. Breaking many, news on Steve, Power how many Lunch. minutes am I featured in it? <laughs> I haven't seen the cut yet, but... You know what that means. Lightning Vision is listening. <laughs> Well, Lightning John Franzone came up to me the other day, and he goes, have you been listening to these episodes? And I go, no. He goes, you're, you're all over it. You're all over it. And I go, okay, well, that's great. That's great. I appreciate that. He's, you know, hey. he's pulling a lot of that from your pregame. Uh, yeah. If, sure. if, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, yes. yes, it's not us pontificating on Power Lunch. It's about well, you teeing up the game. You know what? It should be, though. Maybe we'll start working on that. You know, why not get Power Lunch involved? But no, in all seriousness, great job by John Friendzone and the crew. They do outstanding work. And let's face it, too, Dave and Steve, this comes from winning. You know, when you win, you're you're being exposed to more outlets, and you're going to be featured in many things. And yeah, it's not a surprise that you're you're nominated and and possibly going to win some awards. That that's mm-hmm. that comes with the territory, which you take advantage. While you're in this position, and the Lightning certainly on and off the ice, I think they've done as well as you possibly could. By the way, Dave, do you have access to your phone right now? Yes. Okay, I want you to go to my Twitter page because I just retweeted something out. Steve, you probably <laughs> can't. Gord Miller. Yeah, I so saw Gord, that. did you see Gord? So Gord Miller in a tweet says, Who says TSN never does anything half assed? And it's a screenshot. It's the Lightning in Toronto, and they've got a guy. <laughs> Behind the glass with his pants down, mooning the camera. (laughs) (laughs) To which Darren Dreger replies, how did you get from the broadcast booth down behind the bench so quickly, Gord? (laughs) 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 How did that happen? That is tremendous. Oh, I just got a chuckle. Please retweet that. Like it. Share it with your friends. I'm looking at this picture. Do you think the guy intentionally (laughs) or unintentionally... (laughs) Is That's having a this great question. wardrobe malfunction. That's a great question because because that today, I'm not sure is completely you know intentional. Because you know if what? it were, we would not be seeing half. We would be seeing the folks full, weigh in. Right? Was that intentional or not intentional? <laughs> I I think that might have been intentional. But Dave, I think you what bring stage up a solid of the point. moon are we in right now? <laughs> That's uh, you know, Dave. That's an eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> That's we what wish that it is. were an eclipse. That's what he. All right, let's get back to uh, more important things. We got some. Uh, feedback, some analysis, some uh, observations from last night. Of course, Al, you knew Al was going to be all over this. He said he had four observations. Yes. Let's 81 is a rock and underrated. Yes. He, and by, by the way, Dave, not by us. How much time have we spent talking we about have. him? I think he's in this week. Yeah, he is. I, I think you're we're getting to the point where Chernak is getting close to being called an elite defenseman. And maybe for this team specifically, but even just in general, size physicalness, skating ability. I think Eric Chernak on another team would, might be the number one defenseman. You know what word you didn't include in there, which I, I put in there, which has nothing to do with his physical yes, attributes, reliability. Yes. He is so reliable You're right. at making the right play at the right time. Well, how about the play, Dave, the block that led to the first goal? Yeah. He doesn't. I mean, make he's not thinking block. about I'm going to set up a two-on-one here. But no, he's but making I mean, sure that puck does not get to the middle of the ice. And because of, and I think that was that Muzzin again. Mm-hmm. Boy, did Muzzin have a rough game? <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like we mentioned three or I don't four know, things. I don't know that like, was that Muzzin on the game. ice? I don't know that he had a rough game. Like, right, right, right. He he got caught down low, and he really hustled back. He tried defensively. You know what? I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but Perry and Maroon. They were at the end of a shift. I asked Halpern about it in the first intermission. He's like, you know, you do find a little extra gas in the tank when you have a two-on-one for you. Like, it's a little harder oh, yeah, when sure, it's a two-on-one sure. coming against you. But 
you know, Maroon and Perry are not the fastest guys on the Lightning. Their their strengths are in other areas, let's just say that. And for them to maintain an edge on these pursuing Leafs, who were fresh because it was after an icing. So Sheldon Keefe had put out some fresh guys. For them to maintain their edge so it it stayed, I mean, it like wasn't on a clean two-on-one like we talked about, but it was still a two-on-one. Like, the Leafs never got completely back defensively. Good on them for not only the way they executed the play once the puck came into the offensive zone, but for hustling up the ice and and not letting that go from, like, a, a two-on-one almost to a two-on-two. Gosh, I'm going back and looking at that pass from Corey Perry. That's a hell of a pass. Yeah. That was a hell of a pass. Yeah, he knew. I pass. think he knew he needed to lead Maroon, so he it did. got passed muzzin stick and so like muzzin did well like you're right down almost at the bottom of the circle and he how did he miss hauls his you know what yeah hauls his behind the glass shot from toronto last night (laughs) back in the play and almost got there i don't know how not for perry's pass muzzin would have i think broken broken that play it was the perfect play and the lightning were able to get a goal all right so that was his first observation yeah let's hear Uh, i said 91 needs to finish better rip it Veteran mistakes. All right, there, I got to stop you. Yeah. How many goals does he have this year? What's he got? 91? Four or five? Five. Five. Only Kalorin has more. Yeah. Now, maybe he was talking I've been, about that I've been game. Really impre- I've been really impressed with Stamkos' game. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm assuming this is all for the game. So maybe he felt like Stammer had some chances. And, well, I'm not and remembering finish. that he had a t- – they only had one power play. I'm trying to remember. And it was I a fairly like... quiet power play in the first period. I was going to say. But, I, I mean, like... he had that chance in the third period, and he kind of ran out of room. And, yeah. I mean, Campbell, Campbell made a save on him, but he was also tripped up a little bit on it. They let that one go. I didn't remember Stamkos having too many dangerous looks, let's put it that yeah. way, in Toronto. I mean, game. like, the guy who needed to finish last night, which is great that he was getting the looks, was Joseph. Oh, well. And what have we talked about with Joseph? And I'm putting it, does... it in artfully. Like, yes. I'm glad that, that he was in a position to get those chances. But Campbell robbed him he did. twice. And let's, let's face it. Um, Matthew Joseph, there's been some talk. Do you think he's a top six eventually? Do you think he's a bottom six? I, I don't know what he, he projects to be. I will say this. He needs to finish better to be in the conversation of being in a top six. In my opinion. Because I think he gets chances. Yeah. And that's important. You're not getting looks. There's a problem. He's getting looks. His the, the next step for him is going to be can you finish consistently enough to be a reliable top six forward? And it, it doesn't have to happen this year necessarily because I think the Lightning, when everybody's healthy, they have guys who can fill that role. But at some point, I think Matthew Joseph, for his career, you're going to look at it and say, which road are you going to take? Both roads are fine. You're an NHL player. Yeah. It's just what impact are you going to make? He also, not that this was him finishing, he had a really nice pass to Belmar on the Belmar yes, shot that, that hit the crossbar in the post. He said, veteran mistakes, costly again, bad habits have crept into the Lightning game. Lightning deserved two points. Was that his third point? Or? I think it was a com- that was, uh, I think the veteran mistakes are costly Well, we again. talked about the veteran mistakes. Yeah. Bad habits, I would say... That was the mistake at the end of the game or the end of the third period, but also the way they played in the second, which we have gone over. And I'm not disputing the lightning. Deserve is a hard word because if you're the least, you're like, hey, we dominated the second period, if not for Vasilevsky. You thought the lightning were going to win that game. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You 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 get into the the final minute of of the game up a goal with the puck on, on your stud defenseman's stick. You think you're going to close it out, but that's not what happened. There's also been some questions, Al, and there were a couple other people that were asking this. Had been playing 25-plus minutes a game. Is he tiring, and is he hurting again? Now, I no don't— and, No and no. Yeah, I don't—I I, I would agree with you on that. I do think, Dave, it is interesting. I, I'm a lot more interested in the amount that Hedman's on the ice this year than is he making the right play at the right time? Because I think most part he is. I think the one biggest obstacle for this Lightning team, in addition to the player turnover that they're experiencing this year and trying to work in new guys, is fatigue. Fatigue from playing a lot of... You've talked about that a lot. Yeah, a lot of games over the last two years, and then factor in the Olympics this year. 
I am more interested to see what Hedman's ice time is. Well, here's the thing, Greg. The schedule has been fairly light this first month. I think that's one reason why Brian Elliott has only had one start so far. You think he starts tomorrow, by the way? He may, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at one point he played in Ottawa. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But I think as the schedule picks up, these concerns may be more relevant i guess i mean the lightning have had several breaks of like two or three days between games so far and headman took you know a body maintenance day earlier in the week the lightning didn't skate on wednesday the travel day so i mean as it relates to vasilevsky when vasilevsky became the the starter in earnest one of the things that he went through was understanding it's okay not to go out on the ice for every practice which can almost be, I don't want to say it's it's more draining, but like that is a factor in helping a goalie certainly stay fresh. And Vassy has has now fully embraced that as he's you know playing whatever it is eighty percent of of the games in the regular season over the last couple of years and every minute of every playoff game. But I think the same is true for for a player like Victor, where you know in the heat of battle. I'm not sure that it makes a huge difference for a guy like him, whether he plays 23 minutes or 26 minutes, 27 minutes, as much as is he playing 27 minutes every single night? How intense is the schedule in terms of frequency of games? And is he getting some time off in between the games? I mean, I think to me, I think that's a fair question to ask. Now, look, part of me says Victor Hedman, this this goes with the contract and the type of player that he is. These guys want to be out there all the time. That's part of it. You know, look, you're getting paid the big bucks. You sh- if you have to play 26, 27, 30 minutes a night, so be it. Then there's the other side is, okay, let's let's look at this practically speaking. This is a team that has played a lot of hockey in a short amount of time over the last two years. If Victor Hedman is playing closer to 28 minutes during the regular season this year compared to other years, is that a bigger concern possibly heading into the playoffs when we know fatigue might be a factor um, more so than yeah. in any other year. And, I'm and not, I think that's a fair point. I'm not discounting that, Greg, but I think once the Lightning get into the the part of the schedule where they're playing every other night regularly and they're having, you know, four and five game road trips, which they have not had yet this year, let's revisit that question For then. Sure. I'm I'm sure. less worried about Hedman's minutes or anybody's minutes or the fact that Vasilevsky has played nine of the first ten games based on how the schedule has unfolded in the first month. I think that's fair. All right, so we got the game tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Just real quick, what are you looking for with Ottawa? Ottawa is an interesting team, Dave, because they play really hard. Yeah. And we've seen that over the last couple of years. Now, look, you could come back and say, well, Greg, they've had to. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding. They've got some younger pieces in here. They've got some guys who are trying to earn an NHL spot. If there's one thing they can do consistently, game in and game out, it is play hard, but they are, and I know they're acquiring a lot of talents, and um, I, I, you know, I still think they may be a year or two away from really at least trying to be a playoff team. But what what are you hearing up there in terms of what we may see from from Otto, who just got beat up pretty good by Vegas last night? Yeah, I think they feel they're starting to trend in the right direction. I mean, there are a lot of teams. I think by a lot um, I'm not talking about like 10 there are only eight teams in the Lightning's division but I think if you look at Detroit and Buffalo and Ottawa all three of those teams are feeling like they are trending in the right direction but to this point Ottawa is just three six and one through the first 10 games played and they are coming off a thumping last night at home to Vegas so I don't know I mean we haven't seen the Senators in a couple of years yep and so there are some newer players that have joined, I want to say joined the organization, but they have they have arrived, right? And there are other players that are new to the organization that have played in the NHL, but but have been in Ottawa either last year and this year or this year that I haven't seen on the Senators. So I'm kind of in the dark. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to defer on that, on that question maybe until Monday's show when – we are going to look back at Saturday's game and and make an assessment. DJ Smith does get his team to play hard. And I will say this, even a couple of years ago, 
the Lightning rarely had any kind of exhale type games against Ottawa that that weren't close for the most part. They weren't hard fought. That they didn't have to make sure that they were ready to go. And in a way, I'm wondering, Greg, if the way last night's game ended will help zero in the Lightning's focus. Like if they're still irked about the way the game ended on Thursday, I think that that should help them be ready to go on Saturday afternoon. I would think, you know, look, we have seen this Lightning team over the course of a few years. When they have a poor performance, the next game, they they pretty much, I don't want to say they win, but they right. have a, a much better effort. But I'll I don't just... think last night was a poor performance. I think the ending no, was I think frustrating the ending was and disappointing. The ending which was can poor. fuel you. Like, that can get you ticked off. But I think Ottawa's going to be a little ticked off, too. I want to see if Matt Murray starts in that. I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't think Matt the Lightning Murray's... Murray arrived last year, right? So the Lightning have not seen Matt Murray as a member of the Ottawa Senators. They've Certainly seen him with the Penguins, yeah, and they, there's a little bit of history one there. Guy but Murray, the Murray is one of those guys that just has not been the same since he left Pittsburgh, and I, I think you know Ottawa was hoping for great things, but he's he's split starts with Forsberg. Anton Forsberg. So it'll okay. be interesting to see how that plays out. But Forsberg's numbers haven't been great. Murray yeah. has a 2.78 goals against, but they've split their games this year. So we'll see how that plays out. And of course, you've got Kachuk. Yeah. And um, Thomas Shabbat's a, a, a really good defenseman. Excellent really young defenseman. defenseman. Yep. Yeah. They have, they have some they young have players they're excited about. Yeah. For sure. Partner, it was fun this week. A lot of, a lot of lively talk, uh, not only about the Lightning, but the league in general. It feels like it was a, a really long week, but uh, we'll do it again on Monday with our show. And then, of course, I will talk to you tomorrow during the pregame. Yep, talk to you tomorrow. He's Dave Mishkin. I'm Greg Linnelli. Thanks to Steve Ersick. And thanks to you for listening all week, and especially today. We invite you to listen to Lightning Power Play throughout. It's your home for the most complete Lightning coverage 24-7 on Lightning Power Play.